You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome to the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We're glad that you're joining us for another episode. If uh, this is your first time listening, we'd want to say thank you for stopping by. encourage you to stay and listen a while. And if you haven't done so already, we would ask you to subscribe and become a downloader of our content. We release content every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So by subscribing, you'll get our episodes uh, delivered to your mobile device uh, each week when those when we release those. And then you can take that content with you on the go. So no matter where you're going, you can be listening along, following along in the Bonfire Podcast. As always, we want to ask you to, uh, to help us out and overcome these uh, big tech algorithms If you would, please like and share anytime you can our episodes, uh, comment, rate, and review. All of those things um, are basically virtual ways of saying you enjoy the content, and that helps push the content higher in search engines and allows other people to find us. And that's that's what we're up against. I think we said a couple weeks ago, Dad, I I saw where there's 3 million podcast um, uh, shows that are out and about, and there's like 50 million episodes. And so uh, we're a very small fish in a large sea, and so we're just trying to get... Uh, get the word out and hopefully have people find us as best they can and, and join in and begin to study God's word. That's what we're, we're hoping to do. Um, also, please be sure to tell people around you about the Bonfire Podcast. Uh, I still have this um, desire that people would be using this podcast to help guide their personal study, but also uh, giving them an opportunity to, to work through discipleship and helping someone else. And so uh, maybe it's a friend at work, maybe it's a family member, someone that is uh, not as strong in their, their walk with Christ, or maybe it's an unbeliever that you can encourage to come alongside you and, and study uh, the Word and Scripture, and who knows, you may have an opportunity to lead that person to Christ. And so uh, that would be amazing to see that come through uh, what we're doing here. So um, tell somebody, get them to study with you. That would be a great way uh, to just see this ministry continue to grow and to flourish. Well, Dad, we're going to be continuing our study uh, this week uh, by faith. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us, and, and maybe this is your first time listening through this series, for the last several weeks we've been studying through Hebrews chapter 11, which is oftentimes referred to as Faith's Hall of Fame. And thus far we've looked at the lives of Abel, Enoch, Noah, uh, we looked at uh, Abraham and Sarah, and we also looked at Isaac. And so if you haven't done so already, we'd encourage you to go back and look at those past episodes uh, in the series. I really believe those will be a blessing to you as we're all looking and studying in this this series to, to what faith is and what it looks like and looking at these great heroes of faith. And then hopefully we can find things in there that we can emulate as we try to build a life of faith and finish strong in a, in a life that pleases God. Well, in today's episode, we're going to be looking at the next member of the Hall of Faith, and that's going to bring us to Jacob. Now, we discussed Jacob a little bit last week uh, in our episode. Um, Recall, he persuaded his brother Esau into selling his birthright for a simple meal of food. And then later, Jacob's uh, father, Isaac, uh, as he was nearing death, Jacob used deception uh, to fool Isaac into giving him Esau's blessing. And so if we look at the life of Jacob uh, it, it's really a bunch of ups and downs, and he's probably got the most ups and downs of anyone in the Hall of Faith. Uh, Jacob was clearly human, and he's just mm-hmm. like you and me, and we've, we've said that before as we've been going through this study, that these are real people uh, with real human flaws, just like you and I. And, uh, you know, yes, they're up on a pedestal for having great faith, but they're they're just like you and me. Sometimes Jacob, he walked by faith, and then sometimes he stumbled by sight. Uh, His life is a story of climbing to spiritual heights and then plunging into spiritual valleys, just like we do so many times. 
However, at the end of his life, Jacob finished strong in his faith. Our base text for today comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, and it says, As Jacob was near death, that he blessed each of Joseph's sons, and he worshiped God as he leaned on top of his staff. Thus, even as Jacob was dying, he pleased God by revealing his firm faith in God's promises. As we study today, we're going to take a closer look at the life and the death of Jacob. And again, through this, hopefully we can find some pearls of wisdom uh, that we can apply to our own life as we try to build our life in a journey of faith to please God. Uh, We're going to break up his life in kind of three sections. We're going to look at Jacob's search, Jacob's struggle and sorrow, and then ultimately Jacob's uh, shepherd. And Dad, uh, would you uh, share with us Jacob's search? Yes. uh, As we saw last week in our study, Jacob obtained the birthright from his careless brother Esau. And, you know, then he conspired with his mother Rebekah to deceive his father and to give him the blessing that was to be given to Esau. Now, after blessing him, Isaac commanded Jacob in Genesis 28.1, Do not marry a Canaanite woman. Then Isaac sent him from Beersheba to Haran to find a wife from among the daughters of Laban, the brother of Rebekah. Now these relatives of Abraham worshiped the one true God. Now on the way to Haran, Jacob stopped to sleep. And while sleeping, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway or a ladder resting on the earth and its top reaching to heaven with angels descending and ascending. Above it stood the Lord God, who said to him over in Genesis chapter 28, verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your descendants. Well, God gave Jacob the same promise we see here that he gave to Abraham. Well, the next morning, Jacob took the stones that he had used as a pillow and set up a pillar and poured oil on it to consecrate it and called the place Bethel, meaning house of God. Then Jacob promised that the Lord would be his God and promised in Genesis 28:22, of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Now this showed how serious he was about serving God. Now here we see tithing was practiced some 400 years before the law was given to Moses. Like his grandfather Abraham, Jacob knew that tithing is a tangible way to show we believe God will keep his promises to bless us if we obey him. Now, I've heard people, uh, Matt, say, uh, even in recent days, well, you know, I don't understand this about tithing and uh, giving a tithe, which is a tenth of of what you make uh, to the work of God, because we're not under the law, we're under grace. I heard someone say that in the last two weeks. Okay. And, of course, we find out here that tithing was practiced before the law was ever given. And I tell people, now listen, if they tithe under the law and gave 10% and we're under grace, how much more should we do for the Lord and even that? Sometimes that's just a bare minimum of what we can do for God. God's done so much for us. Well, after arriving in Haran, Jacob saw a beautiful girl named Rachel. And it was love at first sight. The Bible describes Rachel in Genesis twenty nine seventeen as lovely 
in form and also in appearance, which means that she was a knockout. She had a great figure, a beautiful face. Love struck Jacob, went to Laban, Rachel's father, and offered to work seven years if Laban would give him Rachel's hand in marriage. And Laban agreed. Genesis 29, 20 says, Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. Finally, the seven years were up, but Laban deceived Jacob into marrying Leah, his oldest daughter. Uh, Jacob the deceiver had been deceived himself. You see, he reaped what he had sown. You remember, uh, he deceived his father into getting the blessing that was supposed to be given to his brother Esau, his older brother. And so now we find out that he is deceived. I've heard it said before, someday your chickens will come home to roost. Yeah, you know, you can't, if you practice life of deception, it's liable to come back on you. And we find out that that happened there. Mm -hmm. Well, he protested, Jacob did, because he got Leah instead of Rachel for seven years of hard labor. And then Laban and Jacob, they eventually worked out a deal for Jacob to work seven more years for Rachel. Man, she must have been a beauty uh, for him to work 14, 14 years, years for her. Now. Yeah. Gosh. Well, aside from Rachel and Leah, Jacob also took Leah's maid Zilpah and Rachel's maid Bilhah to be his concubines or secondary wives. And from these four women, Jacob had a total of 12 sons. Now, Following the birth of Joseph, his 11th son, born to him by Rachel, Jacob decided to leave Haran and return to his father Isaac. And after a confrontation with his father-in-law Laban over the ownership of their animals, Jacob left Haran according to Genesis 40, according to Genesis 30:43, exceedingly prosperous with large flocks and maidservants and men servants, camels, and donkey. After Jacob's search for a wife will now come to his struggles and his sorrows. That's right. So now that Jacob is headed back to his homeland, that means that he will have to face his brother Esau. Though 20 years had passed since they had seen each other, the memory of Esau's threat to kill Jacob had never left his mind. So Jacob decided that he was going to send some messengers ahead of him with gifts and he instructed them to go to tell Esau that he was going to come following after these messengers and, and the gifts. But the messengers returned to Jacob, uh, telling him that Esau was coming to meet him along with 400 men. Now, this brought great fear and distress upon uh, Jacob because he felt that Esau was certainly coming uh, to destroy him and, and bring vengeance from what he had done from his younger years. So Jacob, he divides up his family into two groups, and he, he hides them, hoping that if there was an attack, at least some of the, the people would be able to remain. Jacob even prayed for God to save him, and he reminded God that he had sent Jacob back to the land of Abraham and had promised to, to make him prosper and his descendants numerous. I found it interesting, Dad, that Jacob was sitting there trying to remind God of God's promise. Right. Uh, he didn't need to remind God of God's promise. He needed to, to take faith and trust in that promise That's exactly at that right. time, but he didn't. So Jacob... Uh, decided that he was going to send even more gifts. He was trying his best to pacify Esau, and so he sent more gifts Esau's way. And then expecting the worst, um, Jacob sent his wives and his sons away from him. 
And while all alone in the middle of the night, afraid for his life, Jacob wrestled with a man who he later learned to be God. The man touched Jacob's hip and it it put it out of socket. By daybreak, Jacob was still holding on to the man, refusing to let go. And he asked for a blessing and was told, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. That's Genesis 32, 28. Jacob asked the man his name, and then he understood it was God that he was dealing with. Recognizing that he had wrestled with God, and yet God had spared his life, Jacob named the place Penal. This wrestling match and the name change marked a new beginning for Jacob. Ultimately, the reunion with Esau would follow shortly after at daybreak, um, but the reunion was not the attack that Jacob had feared. Rather, Esau ran to meet Jacob, and he embraced him, and he threw his arms around his neck, and he kissed him, and they wept. Jacob then returned to his nomadic life in Canaan, going back to Bethel, where God had given Jacob the reminder of the promise that had been given to his forefathers. Soon after this, Jacob experienced the greatest sorrows of his life, as Rachel, his beloved and favorite wife, died while giving birth to Benjamin. Shortly after Rachel's death, Um, He suffered the death of his father, Isaac. And then lastly was the presumed death of Jacob's favored son, which we'll cover that a little bit more detail as we get into next week. And so this brings us ultimately now to Jacob's shepherd. Now, ultimately, through multiple twists and turns in the story of of Jacob and his life, and again, we'll get to some of that next week as we talk about uh, Jacob's son, Uh, we see that Joseph ended up in Egypt, where he lived for 17 years. And now knowing that uh, death was approaching him, Jacob called for Joseph and requested that he be buried back in Canaan with his fathers, Abraham and Isaac. Jacob believed that although his family was in Egypt and was doing well, they were actually a well-to-do family there in Egypt. He believed strongly that one day God would take them back to the promised land and make them a great nation. He believed in that promise that was given to him. As his final act of life, uh, Jacob began to give his blessing to Joseph and his grandson. Let's listen to what Jacob's blessing is over in Genesis 48, uh, verse 15 here. I'm going to read that to you. And it says, And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, let my name be upon them, and my name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into the multitude in the midst of the earth. Now, we said this was Jacob's shepherd, and if you see there in verse 15, uh, Jacob uses some some interesting language there. He says that God who has fed me all my life. Now, uh, we kind of skipped over it, but Jacob actually was a shepherd himself. That's what he spent his life doing, raising uh, sheep and cattle. And uh, so he was very familiar with, with a shepherd, and he referred to God as the person who had fed him all his life. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he was telling uh, his son and his grandsons that God was his shepherd. And that's actually really the first reference we see to God being kind of referred to as a shepherd in the Bible. But it's fitting that the shepherd, uh, who was a shepherd all of his life, would recognize God as being a shepherd. That's right. And not only did God provide for him 
and and fed him all of his life, but he protected him, and a shepherd will do that. You remember the stories in the Bible about David when he was a shepherd boy before he became king. A lion and also later a bear attacked the flock, and he defeated that lion and the bear, and he protected his sheep. That's what a shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. And so here we see the angel who has redeemed me from all evil. God is the one that protects us, too, as a great shepherd. That's right. And so, uh, you know, here is Jacob. He's uh, nearing the end of his life, only with a little time left. And he's uh, given this lesson, if you will, to his sons and his grandsons about how good God is. Now, this is the same Jacob that we talked about that stumbled along the way and made a bunch of mistakes and, uh, you know, did things that he shouldn't have done. But he had recognized here in his old age that it has always been the Lord, God, the shepherd uh, that had got him through. And he was making sure that he instilled that belief into uh, his sons and his grandsons. He was leaving a legacy. I want you to listen to what he said over in Genesis chapter 48, verses 24, uh, 21. This is kind of the closing of what he was saying as part of this blessing. It says, Then Israel, remember uh, Jacob's name was changed over to Israel, said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. There's two important statements that we see here. One is the message that God is going to be with you. And Dad, I was thinking about it. You know, uh, here we have Jacob uh, seemingly on his deathbed, uh, you know, just before he's about to die. And deathbed words are important. You know, the, the last thing people says is very important. Right. And he's using his breath, the last bit of energy that he has, to, to make sure that his family understands just how good God is. And he tells them, God's going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And I tried to think to myself, you know, what type of message one day when I'm drawing to the near the end, what would I want to tell my family? And I would say it'd be the same thing, is to trust in God. God's going to be with you always. If you put him first and you make him the right position in your life, he's going to take care of everything. And even though circumstances may look terrible and, and uh, y- you know, it may look really bad from what the world's perspective is, you're going to be kept and you're going to be okay because God's uh, in control. Mm-hmm. And that's just a beautiful message there that he gave uh, to his sons. And it's this message and it's this belief and faith is why we have Jacob landing over in Hebrews chapter 11. Right. Is because he did have this great faith. He did have faith and trust in God. And not only did he have it and maintain it, but he passed it on to the next generation, which we'll see is an integral step in bringing to fruition what God had promised. Yeah. So the the last thing that uh, we see here again is Jacob used the last of his strength to declare faith and unfailing promises of God. You know, with with Jacob, his life again ups and downs, uh, full of faults, full of trickery and deceit. Um, but at the same time, he did have faith. There was no great wisdom or bravery in Jacob's story. Um, just simple faith in the promises of God. And despite his faults, God chose him to lead. Uh, to be the leader of a great nation that still bears his name today. Think about it, Israel. Right, right Dad? We talked about um, when we were doing our series on the coming king about mm-hmm. end times, we talked about Israel, and mm-hmm. we talked about some facts about Israel. And the fact of Israel, from the map's perspective, is a very small place. That's right. But it dominates most of the news cycles. It, it's uh, the most talked about piece of real estate, I would say, in the entire world is this little strip right. over there in the Middle East. And that little strip bears the name 
of Jacob, Israel. That's right. mm-hmm. And so that's notable here is, is uh, you would think to yourself, well, surely Israel would be named after some great and mighty person that did all these great things. No, it, it was named after a guy who was just like you and me. He made some mistakes along the way, but he kept his faith and he kept his trust in God and he maintained those promises and he passed those promises on to the next generation. That's exactly right. The story of Jacob uh, should bring encouragement to all of us today because, again, it reminds us that in spite of our failings, uh, God can and will still use uh, us in his plans. Uh, God is it has a track record all throughout the Bible of using imperfect, broken people to bring about uh, his will. And uh, it's just amazing that we don't have to be perfect creations in order to be used by God. That's right. I, I think about a scripture over in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, that kind of sums up why God allowed our imperfections uh, or the imperfections of the people in the in the Bible to be shown. It says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So in other words, the things that were written down about Jacob, his his successes as well as his failures, or for our learning to help us. That's right. And, you know, again, it brings us great encouragement. If, if the Bible was full of just what seemed to be perfect people, that'd be really discouraging. You know, I, I just think about this past week, there's things that I did and, and said that I was like, man, I wish I had that over to do over again. I would have done it different. Uh, you know, things where I, I, I don't feel like I maybe lived exactly the way I should have. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, that characterizes our life where we we do our best to, to, to live for God, but there's times where we fall short. Um, but even in the midst of those failures and, and those setbacks, uh, God can still use a person as long as we're faithful and we're, we're trusting in his promises and we're doing our best to live for him, um, then he can do a mighty work through us. Right. That's right. Well, Dad, uh, th- this one, we may have just set a record. This may be our shortest episode to okay. date. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and close out here. And if you will, close us in prayer. Sure. Father in heaven, we just want to let you know, God, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, laying out for us in the scripture uh, the successes as well as the failures of some of the great people that went on to serve you. It helps us realize, dear God, even when we fail you, you can forgive us, and Lord, you can help us to get back on track again. And Lord, that's what happened with Jacob. And Lord, uh, if there's anyone listening to the podcast is that's gotten off uh, the road that they need to be on, Lord, we know you're standing right beside of them, pointing Uh, how to get back on the right road. I pray they'll listen to your voice, they'll follow you, accept your forgiveness, and get back up and get to serving you. We ask all this in Jesus' name, and we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.